Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Veterans Care Association and Timor Awakening podcast. The Timor Awakening program is an 11-day immersive, holistic and peer-to-peer veterans program based in East Timor that has a singular vision, which is to promote the health and well-being of veterans and veterans' families. Due to the current restrictions from COVID-19, we are running slightly abridged programs on the Gold Coast uh, with the same vision and same aim. We're using these opportunities to sit down with our participants one-on-one and conduct podcast interviews to capture their story and their lessons learned and things that we can all learn from uh, as we as veterans and wounded healers move through our own journey and help others do the same. We're going to be covering a whole range of topics including defence transition, mental health, relationships, veteran suicide, PTSD and post-traumatic growth. Alrighty, welcome guys, Michael Albrecht here again and uh, we just wrapped up uh, day one of TA18. I'm sitting here with Padre Gary Stone. And uh, yeah, really looking forward to another exciting program. We've got a really good bunch of people yet again. And uh, just taking the opportunity really to, to grab Gary while I've got him because uh, once the program starts in earnest, it's, it's very busy and it's hard to get a, an opportunity to sit down and uh, speak with everybody. So uh, welcome, Gary. Thank you, Michael. And uh, yeah, we just wanted to um, cover a couple of points. Gary and Michael Stone have been unbelievably busy over the last few weeks and months a couple of things going on which we'll delve into in this uh this interview and um yeah i I guess a lot of people who um are sort of not in the inner circle i guess of the vca you know day-to-day comings and goings maybe they read the newsletter every now and again or a podcast here or there there's a lot of other things going on behind the scenes that not everybody's uh, aware of so i just figured um yeah we'll have a bit of a chat about some of those things That'd be wonderful, Michael. Yeah. Well, um, in actual fact, uh, a lot of this will be news to me. I mean, I've, I've read your newsletter and other things that you've you've released over the recent weeks, but um, I would imagine there's going to be a lot in this for me to learn as well. I guess the first cab off the rank is the uh, Royal Commission into Veteran Suicide, which you and Michael were intrinsically involved with. Yes, Michael, that mm. was uh, a wonderful experience in, in some sense, mm. also quite uh, challenging and emotional in, an, in another sense, but... For us, it actually helped us realise a strategic objective. I mean, like from when we started this work nine years ago, from when we started the Timor Awakening program six years ago, mm. you know, we had we had a strategic aim of trying to help move the veterans paradigm from uh, you know a, a, a veteran situation that both with not only veterans but also DVA and other ex-service organisations were focused on sickness and treatment and and were focused on all the things that weren't working. Yeah. And uh, that became a self-fulfilling prophecy of people got worse mm. contemplating how bad they were. Focusing on the problem. That's focusing on the problem. And, yeah. and we really wanted to focus on the solution, and which yeah. was, was just promoting wellness and well-being. And clearly we've been working on that and, and um, the Royal Commission had heard all about us. I mean, yeah. lots. they told me that lots of people had said you need to talk to the folks at Veterans Care. So fortunately we got three separate opportunities to share with the Royal Commission, uh, one, pr- on, one private session with some other clinicians working in the field and then two public sessions where Michael spoke specifically about the Timor Awakening Program and I spoke more generally about uh, veterans' health and, and the way forward, about how we could, uh, we could turn the whole veteran suicide situation around to uh, you know, a veterans' health outcome. And uh, that that was really welcomed by the uh, the, the commissioners because they'd they'd heard lots of bad news. Boy, have they got you know so many bad news stories that they've had about how how people have been poorly treated both in the military and subsequently. But uh, as, as Michael said in his testimony, we come with a solution. We come with a solution where we can promote uh, health and well-being, and that it can be done by a veterans-led response where where veterans 
trained to be peer mentors can facilitate um, health and well-being for people to 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 give early intervention so that people don't get to the point of wanting to jump off the cliff, as it were. Mm. That they uh, with, that we intervene much earlier in their phase of um, being de- dealing with challenges. But mm. yeah, that was that was warmly received, and I I have to say. Um, before the Royal Commission, I, I wasn't sure how it would go, but having met the the, the Royal Commissioners personally, I mean, I, they, these are really good people, mm. really professional people, and absolutely, you know, communicated with us that not only were they going to make very substantial recommendations, but they were going to make sure that they were followed up by the various agencies that were involved. Mm. But uh, particularly they were impressed with our reflections on uh, our our dealings with moral injury, which is something like DVA doesn't even have that on the books. It's pretty like new, a, isn't it's, it? It's not an issue. Yeah. You know, like, but, I mean, yeah, moral injury broadly is people that are dealing with issues of guilt or shame yeah. or abandonment or rejection. Mm. And uh, it's, it's sort of like not a medical condition technically. And it's different to PTSD, isn't it? That's right, different yeah. to PTSD. Yeah. And, and so we were able to explain that. And, and of course, other people like Nikki Jamison mm-hmm. came on and said the same thing. And, of course, it, it, and we, we were both coming from different... Um, perspectives on that mm. but um, yeah they and, and I said to them categorically absolutely the issue of veteran suicide is more to do with with uh, moral injury mm. than with PTSD and um, yeah that that I think was a, an insight breakthrough for them to uh, because it, it's bewildering I mean uh, numer- numerous studies have sort of said that something's got to be done whatever we're doing now is not working well mm. this this is an insight that they've now taken on board but um the, the real exciting thing for us was that um, even though that technically the Royal Commission isn't going to provide an interim report and recommendations until the middle of this year and their final report not till the end of next year. Oh, really? Okay, that, that's quite a while. Even, even though that was the initial intention, what I'm saying here is that um, a short time after our Royal Commission testimony, mm. uh, Minister G, the Minister for Veterans Affairs, put out an announcement that he was throwing an extra $20 million available immediately into well-being programs similar to ours. Right. So I thought, wow, that's that's action. It's like an that, immediate that, action. That, that's, yeah. a, that's, a, yeah. that's a pretty immediate response and, um, you know, that's, you know, a, a government commitment now and hopefully that, that funding will become available to people across the spectrum to uh, start focusing on well-being rather than focusing on mm. medication and treatment and putting people into hospital, that yeah. sort of stuff. But, so and overall... Royal Commission was a uh, yeah a strategic breakthrough for us and uh, uh, for us a real satisfying um, yeah, realization of the objectives we've been working towards for quite a number of years. And uh, it's kind of a culminating point, isn't it? Because as you said, it, this is not something that you started six months ago. I mean, I, I jumped on the program at TA four. There'd been three prior to that, so this is really, you know, this is the result of getting out into the trenches and actually field testing something and going okay this this is what works this is what doesn't there's, there's difficult times each program we've learned something and and refined it and brought it back and you know people say when uh, when your time comes will you be ready you know whatever that is you yeah. know, I, I sense that uh you, you guys were because not just your military careers but um also the constant um improvement the you know, never-ending improvement, as some people would say, uh, of the program led you to the point where when this opportunity presented itself, you knew what you were doing. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's amazing. We are now doing Timor Awakening 18. Yeah. 18 yeah. So we've had 18 programs over yeah. a seven-year period where we have 
and every program we've evaluated it and product improved it. Yep. And uh, so we came we came to that Royal Commission with hard evidence, That's psychometric right. evidence mm. um, of of what works, and uh, you know, and also sharing some things that we tried that didn't so didn't work so much. Yep. But um, it, it, yeah, so we didn't just have a, a pie in the sky idea. Yeah, we actually came we came with a solution, a package like a package solution mm. that any ex service organisation or well minded people <laughs> could pick up share and run with and develop something that's going to improve the lives of veterans and their families. A solution that's pandemic-proof as well. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. And here we are, like, yeah, again, yeah. another COVID-busting program. So <laughs> yeah. um, we're, we're, we're um, pretty hard. That we, I mean, and, of course, anyone in this game has got to be prepared to, like we did in the military, you know, yeah. we've got to take, we've got to manage risks, mm. we've got to take take risks, and, uh, you know, when obstacles come in our way, we've just got to find a way around them, and yep. which we have. Yep, and that's we've been so uh, grateful to have this facility here at... Uh, St George's Holiday House, and um, you know whether we continue to use it into the future, I'm unsure at this stage because if we can get back to Timor, obviously that'd be the priority. But this has been for two years now a really, really good sort of backup, hasn't it? Well, absolutely. I mean, any, anyone listening to this who hasn't been to St George's at Rainbow Bay, I mean, you need to come here. Yeah. This, is, this is like a hundred years ago. Three chaplains got together and said we need to do something to help veterans from coming back from World War One, and uh, and now we have this. Beautiful five-star resort facility that uh, that they probably had even didn't even in that. But they started with a tent on the sand, <laughs> yeah. and then you know build a wooden shack and eventually yeah. build a brick building and yeah. and uh, give great honour and credit to uh, Colonel David Phillips, who was the one that came behind this idea of developing mm. St George's to the extent. And uh, and St George's has been very generous too in giving us discounted accommodation and and lots of support here. So we're yep. we're grateful uh, we're grateful to them. But. The point that you made is, yes, initially we were delivering all of our programs in Timor. Mm. COVID stopped that happening for a period. And, yep. and again, it became a blessing. We, we, you know, we redeveloped the program to be able to be delivered in Australia. Mm. Um, we additionally developed a program for peer mentors that was able to be uh, done from here as well. Mm-hmm. And um, maybe we'll get to talk about that in a minute. But we, you know, we plan to continue to, yeah. to be running some programs from here in Australia mm. and run some programs in Timor. Love it. And just before we move on to the sort of next area, there was there any indication from the commissioners as to how, how the concept of peer mentoring was received? Obviously, as peer mentors, we're not highly qualified clinicians. We may have done um, you know some some basic training in interviewing or record keeping or something like that. But obviously, the main premise of peer mentoring is that we are essentially wounded warriors in our own right. We've we've walked the path. We may be one or two steps ahead of the people that we're interviewing. But was there any indication of how well that was received or any concerns they may have of using that as a model? Well, fascinatingly, when we uh, I was invited to participate in a, in a three-hour session with uh, what they called an expert panel. There were two clinical psychologists, um, uh, two um, psychiatrists yep. who were working full-time in, uh, with Veterans Health, uh, a former army doctor and myself representing yep. the chaplaincy. And as I put forward our our solution, and, and that was put to these clinicians by the Royal Commissioners. They said, how do you feel about what Gary's group is doing, you know? And uh, they said, this is brilliant. They said, because they, 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 clinicians at the moment are completely overworked, yeah. overrun by dealing with too many veterans who are at an acute stage of illness that is very hard to turn around. He yeah. said that they are absolutely filling a gap that will, you know, which is basically earlier intervention. Yeah. So at, at, the mo- at the moment, clinicians just see people yeah. when they're completely crashed and very hard to recover. 
So they're, they're, you know, they're engaged with veterans that we don't get to see. We don't get to see them until they, until yeah. they turn up, whereas we're obviously engaging veterans because yeah. they've heard about our program and they're getting involved much earlier. So, so yeah, it was wonderful to see that the clinicians were saying that this is That's really cool. absolutely going to help the, help the situation mm. and uh, it will take some of the pressure off them having to deal with people that are acutely ill mm. before, before they have any engagement with any activity at all. And, and of course, all of them agree mm. that even, even the national health system is a, is a sickness-focused system. It's not a wellness system. That's right. And, uh, and you know, what they call you know, primary health where you're actually – or preventative health where you're actually trying to keep people healthier is a much better way for the system to go. But, <laughs> That's right. But, but, but it, 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 as I said, and they all agreed, this has become an industry. You know, some people are making a lot of money yeah. out, of, out of treating a lot of broken – Soldiers and sailors and yeah, women, men and women, and um, yeah, that doesn't need to be the case. You know, and there will obviously still be people who get to the acute stage, but uh, we, we've demonstrated that early intervention is a much better way to go. You maybe sort of think of a, a metaphor that supports that. I mean, it makes perfect sense, doesn't it? I mean, you think about the battlefield, right? I mean, mm. We've only got a certain amount of surgeons back at the field hospital, right? In, yes. in the field, you've got medics, but you've also got combat first aiders. Correct. Right. Yeah. Um, I was combat CFA trained when I was in three area. Now they taught me basic stuff. Okay, I could give somebody an adrenaline shot. I could give them a penthrain whistle. I could do other basic first aid, um, which is enough to preserve life. Mm. Get them to the next stage. Maybe it's the company medic who's actually yes. from medical corps, uh, and then they get them back to the hospital where the surgeon takes over. Right. Yes. If it was just surgeons, lots of people would die. That's right. It's right? A, in fact, ironic. Yeah. That's a, it's a tried and tested system. Yeah. That's uh, that's worked in times of difficulty but it's mm. it's it's not it, it hasn't been the norm at all mm. i mean mm. it, it, it's up until now it's been basically clinicians or nothing you know you either and and of course there's a like as i shared with a group this afternoon there's like there's a six-month wait to get to see a psychiatrist right for just one visit i mean for people who probably need to be seeing them every week for every a, month for or so yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah okay fascinating well it sounds like we'll see in more detail the, the sort of flow on and what, what's going to come of all this in the coming months. You said it's going to be quite a while for the final report, end of next year, did you say, end of 2023? Look, I, yeah. I think by the middle of this year, they will have a very, like they, yeah. they've been written to me personally and right. say that they, yeah. they are already, you know, looking at very substantial recommendations that are going to be putting to government by the middle of this year because they realise this is an urgent problem to be addressed and there are obvious solutions that have been actually raised in a whole series of mm. inquiries over the years. So... Um, yeah, we, I'm, there'll be a progressive rollout of, of responses. And, of course, it, people won't just be waiting. To, and, and, of course, we made the point at the Royal Commission, everybody doesn't have to be waiting for the results of the Royal Commission. I, anyone can be listening into these proceedings, and mm. a lot of people are. And, and people can just take initiatives like that. Other, as I said, other veterans groups can just start doing what we're doing. Yeah. Nobody asked us to do this. We just came up with our <laughs> own initiative, started without no funding, and now we've got a, you know, a very well-professionally developed uh, program and um, lots of other people can be doing that as well. And, and, and governments, state governments can get involved. You know, We don't have to expect the federal government to do everything. Emergency services and people like that who also need help, not just, not just right. veterans. Yeah. 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 Okay, fantastic. Well, let's maybe cast our minds ahead. We're in the first quarter of 2022. What's uh, some of the other activities that we have planned with VCA and Timor Awakening for the rest of the year? Sure. Well, so in, in two broad areas, obviously we're going to continue... Uh, doing work in Australia. So, I mean, we, we don't just deliver TA programs and we, mm. we're engaged with veterans uh, throughout every week and uh, we help, you know, contribute to the, the broader ESO sort of contribution to uh, to veterans' health. 
Um, we will be planning on running a peer mentor training program down here at St George's in in uh, in June, okay. in the middle of June, the middle of the weekend of June, about a five-day program. Um, and we'll also be running a retreat at the end of the year in, in the last uh, week of October. Our plans for Timor are that, well, firstly, some people would be aware that uh, Michael Stone led a, a small or team of five over to Timor in February as a, as a bit of a proving program, but also to celebrate the, the, um, the 80th anniversary of when our commandos defended uh, Dili Airfield from the Japanese invasion. And, um, and also to catch up with the work that has been progressively going on there. Even though we, we physically haven't been going to Timor on a regular basis in the last two years, our work at the Veterans uh, University in Same has continued, and, and I think you're probably going to interview Michael separately about, about that, but that, that's a wonderful development. I mean, yeah. v- veterans have contributed you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars to a very first-class activity where we have about six major buildings now, a whole bunch of people living on site, um, you know, an English language institute running well, a, um, a computer workshop, a trade facility um, being developed. Um, yes, a health a health facility on mm-hmm. site as well. So we're really excited about that. And also, we've been running a humanitarian aid relief program through the the Timorese veterans. I mean, again, we've I think we've raised about a hundred forty thousand dollars in uh, humanitarian relief. Uh, for that, as a result of the flooding that it was experienced in Dili in April and May last year, yep. where maybe forty-five thousand people lost everything they had. It's the worst in, in floods. Whether that experienced in decades, wasn't it? Oh, terrible! Yeah, yeah like yeah. it's like similar. You know, what we're in a different now. sense, it mm. be similar to what we're having now. And of course, they. Um, I mean, relatively speaking, we've got enormous amount of resources yeah. to help people. Yeah. Uh, Timor obviously had uh, very limited, but. That's again. It'd be wonderful to hear Michael's uh, feed on that because we actually they actually got involved in the distribution of that humanitarian aid to the the most needy of veterans at, uh, and, and their families over there in in, uh, in East Timor. So mm-hmm. anyway, so we had that we've had that first experience in Timor. Um, it, it's quite safe to go to Timor. It's a, a little bit difficult going through all the procedures of sure. doing tests yep. before, during, and after. Um, but we'll be looking at uh, taking a smaller group back to Timor in. Um, in May, in, in to coincide with the uh, Timorese uh, anniversary of independence and the the appointment of the new president, the election of which is next week, mm-hmm. um, and then we'll take a large group, hopefully in August, to do the more classic program we've done in the past, but which will um, anyway. Well, we'll, we'll, as soon as we've uh, got assurances, and ho- hope hopefully, if some of the testing, the COVID testing arrangements are less uh, imposing. Um, we'll put out expressions for that interest in, in the next few weeks, Fantastic. and uh, people can apply for those particular programs. and And we'll probably be, you know, again, next year will probably be the same. We'll probably try to run three programs in Timor mm-hmm. and three programs here on the Gold Coast. Sounds like a busy year ahead, as, well, as yeah. per usual. <laughs> that's good. Well, it's great that Michael and and some of the team were able to get back over there because I mean that's really the first Timor awakening sort of esque size group we've seen in a long time, isn't it? Because when Michael went in April last year, he just really went by himself with one or two others, whereas yes. this was actually like a this first time since since COVID, since March twenty twenty. We all came back. It just is, as yeah. COVID was starting. And 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 like our relationship with Timor is really a significant part of the health and well being program that we're we're offering here because uh, as I said to the group today, you know, there's one aspect about learning some skills about getting healthier yourself. Mm. But absolutely, the, the healthiest thing that any of us can do 
is to go out and help others that are in need, and especially those that are in extreme need. Yep. Um, you know, you know, I'm a Christian sort of chaplain. Mm. Um, you know, the, the whole message of Jesus was to love your neighbour, and mm. he, he meant care for them. I mean, he spent his time going around helping people that had leprosy or were sick or dying or had other all sorts of problems. Um, that's what we're doing in Timor. We're helping helping people have a better life, and uh, and that that's what really gets people healthy when they they get inspired to be part of a movement to make the world a better place. It's, it's such a good reminder because all of us can fall into the trap of becoming inwardly focused, can't we? It's sort of like you're just moving about your, your day and your life and all in your head, worry about your own concerns and your own problems and every now and again it's, it's healthy just to face outwards, you know, the old military term, face out, you know, it's sort of like, yes, you've got problems and there's things that need to be addressed and taken care of but there's always people who've got it worse and I think just, yeah... Focusing on helping other people every now and again actually helps yourself. You end up coming back feeling better, even though you haven't been working on your own problems. Yeah, it's great. It's, it's well, great. in the in the mystery of life, for somehow we've been fortunate that we've we've grown up in a in a situation of surplus. I mean, we oh, we, yeah. we have more than what we need yeah. for basic human sustenance here in Australia. And I think I really feel theologically, really, that we've we've been given a bit extra so that we can share with others, and mm. that's what we're doing. Love it. It's a great outlook. And uh, the other thing we sort of uh, wrote down here to touch on today was the national veteran, natural veteran consideration. Yeah, so there's a whole bunch of other things happening in the veteran space mm. and uh, we're involved peripherally with them. We don't want to get taken away from our primary focus of promoting health and well-being. But, um, yeah, so the no- a number of initiatives are, are underway that people might be not aware of. Um, firstly, the... Well, again, firstly, that, that initiative has been put out there for any organisation that wants to um, to develop health and wellbeing programs. There's funding grants going to be available within the next week or so, actually. So that's one initiative. Um, money has been made available for the development of more wellbeing centres. So the government has already provided some money for wellbeing centres that have been established up in Townsville and in Darwin and in Perth and Adelaide and... Um, and there's fun, funding available now for one in southeast Queensland, or, or a concept in southeast Queensland where the the most uh, desirable situation is that is a wellbeing hub with multi-user facilities uh, developed in Brisbane with uh, satellite situations on the Gold Coast, on the Sunshine Coast, and uh, out west of Ipswich. So we would uh, we would certainly. Want to, want to support those particular initiatives and uh, provide places where veterans can come into as a place of mm. refuge and, and get access to the whole the widest range of veteran services and information um, that's you know, proximate to where they're living. So, mm. so that hof- again, hopefully that, that will be announced within a few weeks yep. and, uh, and then those, that pr- those projects will sort of come together. Um, and are they part of the – was that a flow-on effect from the – uh, Royal Commission to Veteran Suicide, or was that completely separate beast? No, no, that was separate. I mean, it, it, it was it was certainly it has probably come from the earlier uh, inquiries into not only veteran suicide but just general mm. concerns that people had that you know veterans you know the veterans' unhealth or mm. uh, you know disease was mm. uh, you know was a situation that had to be addressed and uh, and certainly having having places where veterans can gather and places like this where mm. they can come and find rest and support and particularly information. A lot of veterans just unaware of the range of supports and, and uh, helps that they can, can access. Um, yeah, so that's, that's progressing along. And I, I suspect there'll be even more. I mean, I think at the, at the, t- at the time there's also mm. other, other hubs that they're looking at on the south coast of New South Wales mm-hmm. and in the ACT. But, um, 
yeah, I think that that will continue. That that particular program will expand. Fantastic, and um, I guess we we sort of touched on it a little bit already with Michael Stone's um, and some of the other guys' recent trip to to Timor, which was TA seventeen in essence. Um, I'll sit down with Michael at some stage over this program and have a good chat to him about that. And uh, I've already got a little bit of sort of feedback from some of the guys. Was there anything else you wanted to sort of flesh out on that topic while we're here today? No, I, I think yeah. like we can we can be proud that we, in fact, like a, all of us are RSL members as well. You know, one of the objects of the RSL was to support veterans in our neighbouring countries mm. and uh, this is something that we have tangibly doing mm. uh, and specifically with the, uh, the, the Timorese veterans. So we're, we're really proud of that, how the way that's developed. Mm. Um, it, it's obviously... A mutual arrangement and we, we go yeah. to Timor, the Timorese veterans yeah. look after us really well and they've inspired us by their their own journey of, of resilience mm. and uh, and and their own nation building sort of in, involvement um, yeah I think that, that yeah we, 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 we just look forward to that further mm. developing and and like you know pe- people don't need to come to veterans care to go to Timor I mean we, we <laughs> want to, we want to promote any veterans groups or people of goodwill to go and visit mm. East Timor, as I said, it's quite safe to go over there. There's, you know, there's been very little COVID in the country, and they take very strong measures. Of, They've done very of, well of, to manage of, it, haven't they? Yeah. Of, ke- of keeping uh, keeping it out, and it's a, in, in a time when you still can't safely go to other parts of Southeast Asia or or other parts of the world. It's yeah. a um, yeah, it, it's a one day trip. You can yeah. fly to Darwin in an hour and get on another plane and go into Dili, and uh, and you're there. It's a, um, so yeah, we we certainly want to. Uh, we're particularly hoping that we can promote. Um, to Australian tourism into Timor, but yep. historical tourism. Uh, and there are groups in Timor that will take veterans around, like we, you know, we use a um, eco discovery yep. group there that uh, takes us, you know, drives the cars for us and takes us and interprets for people that can't speak the language. Mm. Um, particularly, we're hoping for Anzac Day next year to be a particular celebration where lots of veterans groups might want to go to Timor and celebrate Anzac Day in a, a country where many. Australians have served maybe yeah. more, more than thirty-five thousand in just recent years, let alone our commandos in World War Two. And this year will be um, the twenty-year anniversary of independence, won't it? Because it technically it was independence in two thousand and two. Yes, some people um, aren't tracking that. So ninety-nine was when the referendum happened, but because of all the trials and tribulations that ensued after that, it was technically two thousand and two when independ- independence was actually declared. Correct. Yeah. So this year will be twenty years. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Fantastic. Yep. All right, Gary, look, um, thanks for so much for having a chat with myself this evening. I'm sure the people out there listening to this have um, gained a lot of insight into what you guys have actually been up to over the last few months because there's been a lot of moving parts and I've learned a lot just in the last 25 minutes. <laughs> so um, before we consider wrapping up, was there anything else you wanted to add in there before we um, pull stumps? No, well, I just let yeah. people know that we've, you know, we've got a Facebook site. Mm. You know, we've got a, both a Veterans Care Facebook page and a Team Awakening Facebook page. We've also got websites for both... Yep. You know, Veterans Care and Timor Awakening. Lots of pictures on there, lots of testimonials by people that have been involved in what we're doing. So I'd invite people to access mm. uh, those resources and uh, and yeah, and be inspired. What can be done? You know, like yep. just a, a bunch of people coming together with goodwill and um, yeah, can can help make the world a better place. Love it. And also, you know, ideas about how we can improve. Ideas about how we can uh, run things better or. Uh you know, get the message out there wider. We're always open to ideas because we're doing uh, everything we can with based on what we know so far, but there's always an expert out there that knows more about specific stuff. So always open to feedback if you guys reach out to us. But um, all right, Gary, thanks so much for your time. We'll wrap up there and uh, look forward to our next chat. Thank you, Michael, and God bless you all there that are watching this tonight. Thank you. <laughs> 
Thank you for listening to our podcast. We trust it's been valuable. If you've got any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to us at support at veteranscare.com.au and we do encourage you to share this podcast.